Welcome to the Kingdom Builders Podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with my sister, Christine. And I'm here with my sister, Kimberly. (laughs) And we're going to chat today about some different questions that people have. And we might also just chat about whatever the Lord leads us to, because that's our our, our way. Watch out, because we really are sisters and we really are real people. So sometimes we go off on tangents. It's true. And we might have been making faces at the camera while we were waiting to start this podcast. That is who we are. You should be sorry that you missed being on the call. <laughs> it's true. Only very special people are invited invited to this call. They're, they're invited to this call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to start off by probably we should tell them about Kingdom Builders a little bit before we get started, shall we? Michelle, go for it. This is Kingdom Builders. That was a poor job, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kingdom Builders is a program we've put together to help uh, support our ministry and connect with people who want to help support our ministry. Um, And we call it Kingdom Builders because we're just asking people to join in as we are moving forward and building the Lord's kingdom. Um, and join in that work in kind of the direction that we're going. So with that, we want to make there be benefits for you as well who are um, supporting us and walking alongside us. And so we have different tiers for different levels of giving, um, and you receive different things at the different tiers. The cool thing is that if you're at like tier four, you get tier three, two, and one as well. So you get, it's, it builds up. Yeah, so it's what we're doing is we're really trying to equip the body of Christ um, to help everyone be able to build the kingdom of God no matter where they're at. And so we're doing a weekly newsletter, we're doing this podcast, um, we're doing many other things, but we're really trying to, um, everything we do, just resource people to be able to grow in their relationship with God and do the ministry of the Lord. Right. Yeah. So... Shall we get to it? Let's get to it. Giddy up. Giddy up. All right. So um, you were talking to me a little bit about someone who was chatting with you about some things. And so would you tell everybody about the boundaries thing? Sure. Um, Here at The Source, which is the big picture ministry that we're a part of, we have a Tuesday night marriage group. And we're just talking about some really real issues and things that um, it's healthy to talk about in a controlled environment, not so healthy to talk about when it's in the heat of the moment. (laughs) So we're trying to get through some of this stuff um, in a really healthy way and just help each other build healthy relationships with one another. So we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, boundaries in our marriages, and it looks different for every person and it should. And I mean, every relationship is different, but it's about building healthy boundaries um, and not just something that someone says that you should do, but really what is on your heart for each other and for your relationship and how to move forward and what the Lord has for you. So I was talking to a girl at work today. Um, about this, I just mentioned, you know, this is what we're doing in our marriage group. I often talk to her about this. Um, and she is someone who lives in a house that is not connected to her in-law's house, but it could be, it is like 10 feet away from her in-law's house. Um, and she was saying that her husband often tells everything that's going on in their marriage to his dad um, and stepmother who live right next door to them. And it creates this kind of unhealthy um, environment for them sometimes because um, it's their marriage and then they're bringing in the parents. And, you know, I've known other people who have this issue. And so we were just talking about boundaries and I said, you know, it's, it's okay to set a boundary that, you know, you don't talk to your parents about your marital issues. And um, and so I recommended this book, and I don't think everyone has to read this book, but there was just this very basic principle 
that in the very first chapter, because that's all I've read in the book. Um, so, yay me, but... <laughs> that's okay. No, but it talks about how... You, what you need to do is you need to set up your healthy boundaries. And, again, it's different for every person, for every relationship. Um, but to then not let someone else put guilt on you for upholding those boundaries. So whether it's your parents who say, well, we want you to come over on Tuesday nights. Why can't you come over on Tuesday nights? Are we not important to you anymore? Or whatever it may be. You know, I'm not saying that's not what her parents are doing. That's not what I'm saying. But guilting you into well Tuesday night is our date night and so we're investing into our marriage and so we want to have uphold this boundary that we have and we hold this day and have this time set apart um but it just talks about not allowing other people to put that on you to put that guilt on you for upholding these boundaries that you've set well, I got to say, I just was having a one-on-one -on -one today where we talked about this exact thing. And in fact, I brought up this book because it's oh, very funny. funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, it was obviously the Lord. Um, but yeah, um, she was talking about, she has a grown son um, who um, has gone through some extreme marital problems, you know, um, wife left, that sort of thing. He lost his job the same week you know just all sorts of yeah. craziness um and he has been um basically just staying on friends' couches and um he's gotten into stuff that's really bad for him uh as well and so anyway she was talking about how she struggles as a mom because she knows how unhealthy it is for him to live with her and her husband but she also didn't want to see her son homeless, you know. Right. And one of the things I really loved about this book, um, it actually had a very similar um, testimony that was given in there. And this couple was being counseled and and basically <laughs> he was they were talking about this and how they needed to help their son and they're constantly doing this and they're helping and he's taking the money and using it for drugs and, you know, all this stuff. And, and they don't know how to stop his cycle. And then um, the guy just said, why are you doing this to him? And they're like, what are you talking about? We're not doing anything to him. And he was saying, you are enabling him to live that life. Why would he live, leave a comfortable life like that where he can spend his money on drugs and where he has a free place to stay and he never has to go to work and all that? And he was talking about how setting those healthy boundaries actually helps people move forward in their walk and in their life and all of that. And I just was... That really hit me because I have always struggled with boundaries as a person. I am a super feeler and I'm like, okay, step all over me. I don't care. I'll take you wherever you want me to, blah, blah, blah. This has been my life. It's true. I remember you doing no members. <laughs> I had, okay. I've right? done this several years in a row. <laughs> I didn't do it this last year, but I have done uh, what I call a no, no November. And that means I have to fast from saying yes, which is really weird um, for a lot of people. But for me, it has been a struggle to not just say yes all the time. And so um, I have to say no, but I will seek the Lord. And if he says otherwise, then I'll let you know. And for me, what that does is it helps me actually seek God for what I'm supposed to do instead of just being a people pleaser, basically and letting people overstep my own boundaries. So for me, it has been difficult to set up healthy boundaries, but the Lord will lead us to set up healthy boundaries if we seek him. Um, he will give us things. You know, I remember when there was a time where people were wanting to do one-on-ones with me all the time, and I was spending my whole life, all my spare time, doing one-on-ones with people, and it was hurting my family and it was hurting me as a person i was giving so much i wasn't able to just rest with the lord and have my own relationship and 
it, it was a real struggle. And I was one day I just cried out to God and said, God, I don't understand. What do I do? I want to help people, but I just can't do this. And he told me that I needed to ask people to sew in money for my time. And I was like, I can't do that. You know, and it was so hard for me because boundaries just don't come naturally. But when God says it, I'm more apt to follow it (laughs) because now, I mean, he's the one who told me to do that. So I didn't just make it up. He's the one who said that. So then I feel like I have to stick to that. You know, and so that I think is helpful sometimes to have boundaries in our marriages or whatever that we, what? Keep talking. No, it's true. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, when I want to create boundaries with anyone or for anyone, if we seek God about what those boundaries should be, and we don't just use our own clever ideas, then we are more apt to stick to it because one, Holy Spirit will convict us when we step out of line. But also, you know, if you're seeking the Lord, we want to please him. And so if we do that and we seek to please God, at least if you're like me, you're more apt to stick to it. Right. Um, I was laughing because you have to go to the Lord to tighten up your boundaries I have to go to the Lord to loosen up my boundaries. (laughs) And this is true. I have always been someone who's a touch me not. Like, don't touch me. (laughs) Ever. Right? Right? But the more I know the Lord, the more he's really expanded that for me and given me, like, this expanded my bubble, I suppose, and allowed me to let people in when it was healthy to let people in. Hey, my sister would never, ever give me a hug growing up, except on my birthday. It was her birthday gift. That's so lame. Okay, so it was so expensive (laughs) for me. It cost me so much. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, this is an example of Kim's uh, loveliness that is growing. Um, But now she gives me hugs if I want one, and sometimes, rarely, but sometimes even if I don't ask. Sometimes I initiate it. Not very often. That's rare. I'm still growing. It's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's so funny. But you know what else? There's other things that uh, I think the Lord does with boundaries and healthy boundaries. I've also been, I'm just the, just know this about us. So we are sisters. We grew up in the same household. We are completely opposite. True. Okay. I'm tall. She's short. True. She's a feeler. I'm a thinker. Yep. Um, (laughs) I am strict. She is not so much. Unless you ask I like rules. Let me just say this. I really like rules. She likes to be more go with the flow. That's a thing. It is definitely a thing. I do not like structure much. Right. I pretty much hate calendars. Right. I want to prepare for things. She wants to go off the cuff. Yes. All the time. So this is how we're opposite. But what I was going to say is... This is one of the things that Lord, the Lord has done with me, too. The more I know him, the more I'm walking with him, as he gives me discernment to know what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Because I am still fully a, a touch-me-not with people who the Lord is not telling me is okay. You know what I mean? Well, and I have had to learn to allow God to help me not touch people. This has been, for me, um, I have always been touchy-feely, lovey, huggy, everything, everyone. I don't care if I know you. I Hug a lot, person. 777. That is my nickname, it's Joe. And so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> because of that, you know, for a while I had trouble with, I would lay hands on anyone to pray for them, um, whether I was led or not. And that led me into some difficult situations because of the enemy just trying to jump on me and get a hold of me. And so I had to learn to only do that with who God was showing me it was okay to do that with. And when he would show me, um, no matter who it was, you know, hey, there's a demon-possessed person. If he says to do it, I can be confident that that stuff isn't going to attach to me because I'm walking with the authority of Christ. But if I'm outside of my mandates from God, which is what he tells us to do, then I can 
pretty much. So he tells us to stay within his mandates. Right. But if I'm walking outside of his mandates, yes. it's miserable. And so anyway, no matter what it is, it can be anything. Uh, and so I think it's really important that we know, um, we know Holy Spirit so that he will be able to lead us. And we also pay attention to what God has established for us as boundaries. Yes. Boom, boundaries. Boom, boundaries. Yeah. So, oh, another thing. I would like to talk about this because I just found this question um, from someone in my intro group. Okay, so I have an intro to Engaging Heaven group uh, class, actually. And we just finished week three. But I had somebody asking about... um, do we, she said, do you have any testimonies on declaring over your mountain? I think she said to your mountain or uh, to from or your mountain. Yeah. Um, and do you have any testimonies of doing that and how it manifested on the earth? And so um, I was talking to Kim a bit about this before. But Kim said, I think you do things differently than me, which is totally normal, actually, to be different. Right. Um, but Kim, why don't you talk about how you function in the heavenly realms in that <laughs> you way? Would, you would make me go first. Whatever. You like <laughs> it. You like it. Um, so I was telling her, I don't do a whole lot of, um, like, sitting on my mountain and decreeing out. I am someone who has a portal on my mountain. Some other people do. Some people don't. Um, But I tend to go release things into the earth through that because I know where the portal goes. Um, And that's, this is what I'm always led to do. I go to this portal. And then sometimes, most of the time, I know this all sounds really crazy. I need to stop saying that. You need to say to me what I say to you. Um, It might seem foreign but you know here's what i say even that i don't like anymore because the truth is if we are truly living from heaven and we are um foreigners on the earth then that stuff doesn't seem so foreign so if you are not familiar with the ways of heaven all of it seems crazy wacky unbelievable all of that But if you are used to engaging in heaven and living from there, then all of a sudden the ways of earth seem weird. And we start realizing how normal it is in heavenly culture. And so anyway, I mean, I think it's important to talk about these things because before the first time I ever saw a portal, I like didn't open my mouth at all because I thought everyone would think I was a lunatic talking about sci-fi Star Trek kind of stuff. We like to call that a wackadoodle. Wackadoodle. I do call myself a wackadoodle still. But <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't want to say anything because I just thought it seemed insane. But I knew God was showing me that's what it was. And then when I heard somebody who was used to heavenly culture talk about a portal, all of a sudden I was like, what? I'm not alone. <laughs> and so now, anyway, you're talking about your portal and how you okay. speak into it. So I... I don't know that I speak into it. I mean, I guess sometimes I go and I'm like, oh, I'll release things over it. Like it's like almost like it's a well. It kind of looks like a well on my mountain, but it goes down into a place on the earth. And so sometimes I go and I release things into it, like I'm dropping it in there and it, onto the earth and then, or into the earth. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which that is. I think maybe into. And then... But other times, and this is more common, I go down through the portal and I stand on the earth and release things out from my spirit. Um, So I am spiritually on the earth in a different place than I am here, like physically, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I usually do. And it's funny because I've actually done this through the portal to set up boundaries (laughs) for this property that we're sitting on right now. And I did it by going through, like, to my mountain, down the portal, and stand on the front steps and set up boundaries for the land that we're sitting on. And 
the whole other thing. I think I'm just trying to tie things together. Not really trying to. It just is tying things together. <laughs> yes. So for me, I function totally different than that. Um, I don't have a portal on my mountain. If I do, I am unaware of it. But uh, you don't spend enough time there. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I do. I just don't see like you. So here's another thing. I don't see as clearly as Kim does. And so I sense things more than anything. So I suppose if I was in a room and I knew my way around, but someone put something in the corner, I wouldn't know it was there if I didn't turn the light on to see it. That's kind of how I feel about it. So anyway, on my mountain, I sense things more than anything. I don't always see things. So I don't know if that really makes sense, but um, it's kind of like I get a word of knowledge about it or something. And I know when I'm supposed to release things over my mountain. And so for me, it's not just declaring and decreeing. It might be you know, releasing shalom over the mountain and you just see this peace go. Or um, perhaps Jesus says, hey, you need to release this healing oil over your mountain or whatever. Um, I will do that. Do you just go and pour it out? Or what do you do? Yeah. Do you speak it out? No, I, I guess I pour it out. I um, pour things out. It's always different. It really is. It just depends on what Jesus is telling me and kind of leading me to do. So... There are times when he has said to release provision, and I just see myself like flinging coins. You know, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but that's that's what it's like. And so, for me, when I I often often go and speak things over my mountain to change things um, for the Lord, uh, and one of the things that. I mean, I have seen a lot of this. Uh, I have great testimonies on on how it has manifested because it at first really shocked me, the difference. Um, I remember the first time I was commanding my morning and I was speaking over my mountains and I was asking God for certain things and then releasing it over um, my life. And I was doing this over my business and I was just asking for, you know, I was sending out this blue light that called people to me who were supposed to be with me. And then I was blocking all the people who weren't supposed to be with me. And I was asking God to send me and all of my team people who needed what we have. And when that happened that day, um, I just saw tremendous breakthrough. I had so many people um, come and ask. Probably I did more business that one day than I did in the past couple of months. And one of the things I thought was cool was there was this guy who was doing a commission-based business, and he asked me to go and go over his mountain and release business or whatever I was led to do over his mountain every day. Well, I have a tendency to forget things. Okay. So I did not do it every day. I did it probably three times that week and I did keep track. I tend to write things down that I do. And uh, anyway, I did this. And then after the week was over, he goes, wow, I am so thankful that you did this for me because on this day, this day, and this day, they were record-setting days. And I was like, oh, my goodness, those are the days that I did it. But the other days, I didn't. And it was really interesting to me to see how exactly it manifested. And even I've seen this with um, – I have a daughter – who I homeschool. And so I am not always good about declaring over them what, you know, they should do or anything like that. But I do sometimes. And I was really struggling because she had no desire whatsoever to read. I mean, it was, I, it was like pulling teeth. I could hardly get through a page of reading with her. And, um, I then was like, you know, I need to just declare over her a desire to read. You know, because I know that that's going to benefit her in her walk. I know that that's going to benefit her in her life. And so I declared a, just, I released and declared a desire to read and a desire to pursue it. And that week, she just kept coming up to me, Mom, Mom, 
will you read with me? And I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> it was wonderful. But if you would have known how hard it was before that, you would know for sure that that was God. Because, it. I mean, we would pray, we would ask. And, you know, there's something that I've really learned Kind of the difference between praying and declaring, okay? Um, Because I think it's important to understand. You know, I often use this example. So if you've heard me talk, you've probably heard it, but I have to say it again. Okay? Kim has a daughter named Illy. I do. She's two. She's two. She's super cute. Very cute. When she was... Oh, I don't know, walking around but couldn't talk yet. She would come up to me and she would make signs with her hands and go, mm, 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 to tell me that she needed to eat. And I would be like, okay, come on, and I'll take her to the kitchen and I'll get her something to eat, set her down to eat, feed her, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And that's fine because she's at that age and that's her maturity level. But if my son Soren would come to me and go, mm-mm-mm, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> He'd be like, feed me. And I'd be like, go make your own sandwich. You're big, <laughs> right? And I wouldn't be being mean. I'd be empowering him to be a responsible person. And that's kind of what God does with us in our walk. Sometimes if we go begging for the things we already have, or we're begging for the things that we are already empowered to do because he's shown us how to act like him, then he won't give it to us until we step up and do these things ourselves. And so I think it's really important that we learn to be mature sons where we do what we see the father doing. We don't just go and beg him for it after we've been walking with him for 30 years. You know, we have to remember that we need to mature and actually start doing what he leads us to do. And so instead of just begging God for him to change Eden's heart to read, which I could do, I could beg him and he wouldn't kick me out, but he might say, now go on and just release that, you know, and so I'll release that and then it manifests. So anyway, we're all at different places in our walk. There are people who really need to go to the throne room and ask God for the things they need because they just aren't there yet. But then there are people like you and me, Kim, who we've been walking a while, we've matured in our our faith, we've grown in intimacy with God, and we know what He wants for us. And we can go and just do those things that He would do ourselves. Anyway. That's good. Yeah, I had someone else um, ask a question related to that, kind of, and they said, "Is it, do you find it better to declare from heaven silently in the Spirit or to say it out loud from here. And for me, I rarely say everything out loud here. Same. I do at times, but it's rare. I almost always am doing it silently from the heavenly realms. And I find that way more effective. Now, I could you know, place myself there. I'm already there. Let's be clear. Ephesians 1 says we're already seated in the heavenly places. But I would focus there, and then I could say it out loud at the same time, and that would be effective as well. But if you're just focusing here in the spirit realm of the earth, we don't have the same power because what's happening is we, even though we walk with the authority of Christ, we're meant to, to be kings and priests from the heavenly realms where the enemy is under our feet, not where we're battling face-to-face the enemy. And so if we do things from there, it is a very simple process. And it's not something that takes any kind of effort because we are in the ruling state. And so anyway, I just find that to be more beneficial. Yeah. I would say yes, but I think there's a place for speaking things aloud here. You know, I mean, I, okay. Hello, I'm Kim and I am a watchman. Okay. (laughs) And so I tend to get some intel about what the enemy is doing. And so sometimes I talk about the enemy. It's not because I'm obsessed with him. It's because that's the stuff that I 
see going on and I know that I have to come against, you know, sure, or stop or whatever. And so there are some times when, and I've dealt with spiritual warfare stuff for a long time. You know this yes. since we were kids and um, it certainly evolved. But there are times when there are things that are happening in the heavenly realms that I will speak out here just to remind them, like, what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not putting myself at an equal level with them, but I'm doing stuff in the heavenly realms and I'm reminding of it, them of it here, which is also very effective. And there's also some encouragement that can come, like mutual encouragement with brothers and sisters, you know, and speaking some of the stuff out that you're seeing because they may be seeing or feeling or discerning or sensing the same kind of things feeling like they're needing to say this too. You speak it out and it only encourages them. And then your power in the Lord combines. It's like, what's the captain planet? I don't know. Captain planet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you know, they're like earth, wind, fire. I got nothing. That was a band from the seventies, but it was these <laughs> different elements. And they're like, together we come together and it's captain <laughs> planet. And so it's like their powers combined have this bigger stronger force right and that is how it is with us a lot of times um that if we can join forces and that i mean this is the concept of the body of christ mm-hmm. right it is not about the elbow functioning it's just an elbow and just doing elbow things because it only does elbow things but it's connected to the arm that's connected to the shoulder that's connected to the neck and you know all of these things work together and then it can actually make some some real movement. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good word. I think uh, we have a tendency to try to, as humans, think everybody should function like we do. Right. And uh, if you function differently, I was just talking about this today, we have a tendency to do two things. Either go, oh, no, I must be doing something wrong. What's wrong with me? Or to go, what are they doing wrong? That's not what I've experienced. And so both are, are detrimental to us. And so we have to understand that even though I may pretty much always um, just be speaking in the spirit uh, from the heavenly realms, it doesn't mean that somebody else is doing something wrong by speaking it here. And I think that sometimes we just want to function in the, quote, right way when there's not necessarily a right way. Um, it's, what, it's how God has led you to function. And so we have to, basically, the only right way is to be led by the Spirit. Right. And if we're led by the Spirit, then we'll do exactly what we're supposed to do every time. Right. And so a lot of times we want to get affirmation from people around us, people who we care about and who we trust. And this is good and bad, you know? Like me, I go, hey, Chris. Hey, Chris, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm doing. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I know, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think like And then she said, you are fake. Go make your own sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I might do that, even to adults. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I think that that's true. I mean, like Kim, she's probably... One of the closest people to me. We've known each other the longest. My whole life. Her whole life, not mine. Almost. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I think that even with her, you know, I want to feel okay about things and, like, someone can affirm what I'm doing. And still, we are made to be very different people, even in the spirit. Even though we're very close and tight in the spirit, we function together we work together but we function so differently right and that's healthy actually and so the way that she does things it's not going to be the same way as me right but i'm thankful for that because you know i was just talking today about how you know when i'm i'm in a big funk might be i'm sick or something like that um I don't know if any of you have this happen, but your, <laughs> your body gets sick and then all of a sudden you can't focus in the spirit <laughs> and you would love to do spiritual warfare, but you don't even think of that. Like for me, if I get sick, I'm like, I need zeal. I need remedies. Why am I sneezing and coughing? I want to sleep. And that's all I'm thinking about. Um, instead of 
having the spirit be strong at that time, which would make me well. I don't even think like that half the time. The enemy just kicks my butt in that way. And then I have to depend on Kim or someone else. But I'll call her and be like, what's happening? And she'll look over my mountain and in the heavenly realms and go, um, you know, the enemy is sneaking up on you right here. And then I'll be able to deal with things because she's like a partner to me. And all of all of the body can do this for each other. You know, when we're struggling, we're meant to lift each other up and be that person who will go to bat for us and all of that. And that's been so helpful um, because we can't do it alone. We just can't. We're not meant to. We're all supposed to be part of him. Yeah. So. And mountains, boom. (laughs) Mountains, boom. Boundaries, boom. boom. That's our thing now, apparently. Uh, yeah, so one more thing that I had somebody talk about. I really actually don't like talking about this very much, but I feel like we should. So, <laughs> tithing. Tithing. Someone said, okay, so should we still tithe? That's kind of been the big question lately. A lot of people have asked this. And because uh, we talk about trading into what the Lord is doing and especially before the Lord, we talk about sowing and reaping and all of that. Um, we talk about covenant exchange. Um, but tithing is something that is a biblical concept. Correct. Um, also, giving offerings. That's also a biblical concept. And so these are things that are important to talk about. Most of the church, when talking about tithing, they always go back to the one single verse in Malachi to talk about tithing. Right. And what I learned lately, um, I wonder if I can find it. I hope I can. But I learned something lately about tithing that I just never knew before. And it was, I, I came across this chart Actually, here, pull it up on my Pinterest. You guys on Pinterest? It's very Pinteresting. Very Pinteresting. I have a board called Yeshua, and I like to pin interesting things that I find about the Lord or the Bible or the feasts or whatever. And so anyway, I learned something about tithing a couple weeks ago that really helped me. And so I thought that I would share it. Um, and it's not really even saying here's what's right or wrong. It's just giving more clarity on how tithing was in the Old Testament, because I think most of us don't even know. I didn't really understand. I knew about the Levite tithe, you know, that, um, in fact, here it says 10% every year, except the seventh year is what they would give. What the Israelites gave, they gave, uh, cattle, livestock, grains, fruits, and vegetables. And what the Israelites got was protection from God's wrath, replacements for temple service, people devoted to teaching the law, and protection from avengers of blood. The Levite tithe was given in full to the Levites. Since they were given no inheritance and the burden of maintaining the ritual purity of the temple, and that was theirs, the tithe was their compensation. And then it gives the scriptures related to that in Leviticus, Numbers, and Second Chronicles. So I knew about the Levite tithe. Okay. And I have often felt like I should give those who are serving um, me and pouring into me, I should give them my tithe. And I've felt like this for a long time. I've been led by the Lord to do that personally. Um, which can be hard if you don't have anybody pouring into you, you know, but... The Levites, that was their, that was how they lived, was doing that, and I felt like I should be doing that. But then I learned about these tithes. Um, 10% every year except the seventh year was the festival tithe. What the Israelites gave, again, cattle, livestock, grains, fruits, and vegetables. And what the Israelites got was a feast at the temple, a vacation from everyday life, a time of rejoicing, provisions for the Levites and the poor. The festival tithe was the property of the Israelites. It was to be taken every year to the temple and consumed by each participant. 
It was a time of vacation, celebration, and a way to rejoice for all that God had given. The Israelites were also required to share this tithe with the Levites and poor so that all could rejoice. And all of those were found in Deuteronomy. And then the last tithe. Okay, so I thought there was one tithe, by the way. Right, like so, one 10%. So this is 10% for this, yes. another 10% for this, yes. and another 10%. Yes. Wow. Anyway, the charity tithe, it was 10% every third year within a seven-year cycle. Okay? So this is interesting. This was not every year. This was every third year. What the Israelites gave was cattle, livestock, grains, fruits, and vegetables. Same stuff. What the Israelites got was provision for the Levites, provision for the fatherless, provisions for the widows, provisions for the strangers and the poor. The final tithe, the charity tithe, was meant to look after the less fortunate in the Israelite society. The charity tithe was meant to be gathered in each town at a local storehouse and distributed to those as they had need. This was one of the Israelites' social safety nets, and that was found in Deuteronomy 14 and 26. And so anyway, it was interesting because then this chart shows like um, the different tithes and when they were given on a chart to where, you know, the seventh year was a year of Jubilee, and that's where they set people free from their debts and things like that. It was a year of celebration. They also did not tithe that year. Yeah, so no tithing on the seventh year. So everybody was on the same cycle? Yes. Yeah, the year of Jubilee is part of the Hebrew calendar. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. And so um, the average percentage paid for tithing for people was then 20% um, over a seven-year period in the Old Testament, which is interesting because we never have really thought of it like that. Right. Um, and so as always tithe means 10, right? Right. Yeah. And so that was really interesting for me to learn. And then of course we look at new Testament where Jesus often talked about giving it all, you know, and how it was all the Lord's and how the real offerings that was when like the widow gave everything she had, even though it was a small amount to other people, it was everything she had. And that was a big deal to the Lord. And so with tithing, with offerings, with everything that we have, we have to recognize that all of it is God's. Right. And so I feel like for me, we just have to be diligent to commit everything to him and then say, now, God, what do I pay? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not just what do I pay you, God? This is what do I do? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to pay my car payment right now? I remember one time when he told me to give my entire paycheck that had to go to rent and other stuff, give it all to this person who is in need. And it was hard. I really, I was in tears about it. I did it. But I was like, oh my goodness, how are we going to survive? You know, that whole thing. And I remember I just cried one day that day to your husband okay it wasn't her husband at the time now he's my brother-in-law but um I just cried to him and he said to me Christine don't you know that you can't outgive God and I was like I know but I don't know you know and, <laughs> you know when you know in your head but you just can't wrap your head around it and it's like you still have these feelings and and so he said I think you really need to meditate on that so I'm telling you that day all I thought about was God I can't outgive you can you just show me I I believe you but it's hard for me to see you know and I would continually go back to God I can't outgive you and the very next day, I got an email from a guy who used to be my lawyer. And I had um, I'd gone to him when I was disabled and I was applying for disability. And he <clears throat> that was attached to a car accident that I had. Anyway, so he was dealing with all that. And then I 
I came across this nutrition stuff that really changed my life and I started getting better and I wasn't disabled anymore. So I called him and I said, I'm sorry to waste your time. I know you don't get paid if I don't get paid, but I've got to just cancel the disability thing. So I did. And that was all I thought about. And when he emailed me, apparently they never dropped the car thing, which was what caused it. And he said that they, he sent me an email saying they were offering a settlement of $27,000. And I was like, what? (laughs) Do you accept this? I'm like, yes, I accept, you know. (laughs) But what that did for me was it was the Lord going, I told you. You can never outgive me. And it was huge. It was just a timing thing that couldn't have been better. And then I understood why he told me to give all of it, you know. And when he calls us to give everything, he will take care of us. You know, he will. He already has said that we have the full inheritance and that we have more than enough But we have a tendency to always live in this mindset of lack. And so when it comes to giving and tithing and all of that, we can't come with this mindset of lack. You know, I think about that couple. Oh, I think it's Priscilla and Aquila. Might be making that up. But it was in the New Testament, early church, book of Acts. And uh, everyone was selling everything they had. Ananias and Sapphira, 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 I don't know, I don't know what you say, I can spell it for you, we should look it up, it's A-P-P-H-I-R-A, yeah, Sapphira, but, oh, I'm sorry, I get everyone mixed up with names, it's Ananias and Sapphira, okay, well, anyway, so they were, everybody was selling everything they had, and giving the proceeds to the church, so that everyone would have everything that they needed, And they had said that they were doing that. But what they really were doing was they held back some of what they got when they sold their property. And they made it seem like they were giving everything when they really weren't. And what I found interesting was that they were struck dead immediately. Now, I have wondered many times, like, God, how is this like you, you know? And I believe it wasn't about them lying to the people as much as lying to God, holding back from him. And that is where our hearts can't be, is holding back from God and going, God, no, this is really mine. You can't have it. And that's something that if we do that, it will destroy our lives. Right. You know, so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at on tithing. I would agree. I mean, I'm probably a lot more simple about it. I just feel like whatever the Lord convicts me to give is what I should give. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens. And so in regard to trade trading, I will trade in um, to give him and then receive, give to him and then receive from him. But then also he'll tell me I need to give other amounts as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's a different kind of giving for sure, you know. And I don't know that I would say that it's a tithe at this point. It's pretty regular and it's usually around the same amount. But sometimes he tells me to do it and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he tells me to give this amount. Sometimes he tells me to give double that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's not usually when I'm trading either. Sometimes it is, but you know, it just, it all has to do with having an ear to him. Like, are you listening? Are you, are you seeking what he's wanting you to do and being open to that? Yeah. I think that's the most important, you know, even when we talk about trading, I I had someone say, you can't just give to God and expect for him to give to you. That's not a true offering. I don't believe that that's true. I believe that it's a simple spiritual principle of sowing and reaping. And when we are trading into something, it doesn't mean that it's selfishly for us. I mean, there are many times that I have traded into what God is doing in someone else's life. 
So like I will trade in and say, God, I am sowing into this. So I am giving God an offering so that he will do something in someone's life or create revival or whatever it might be. It's it's what the spirit is saying. You know, we only give when the spirit says to give. And that's the important part. Okay, so Kim was was affirming it is Acts chapter 5, Ananias, Ananias, and Sapphira. Sorry, not Priscilla and Aquila. You're probably wonderful people. Please forgive me. Anyway. So that's that's kind of what I believe on tithing. That's just tithe, trade, offer, all of that. Boom. We did it, tithing. Boom. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to talk about tonight? On our first Kingdom Builders podcast. First Kingdom Builders podcast. God best. It's God best. (laughs) No, I think that's good. Well, you know what? We're really grateful for everyone who is sowing into what we're doing. And we know that God is going to produce lots of fruit, not just in what we're doing, but what people are doing all over. I've been yes. really, really encouraged about all the stories of of what's happening in people's areas, um, especially, you know, South Africa, where we just went to South Africa in, what, September? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been amazing to see what has happened there. And it's been with just nothing to do with us, you know, all Holy Spirit work. And that's what's so encouraging is just to see the Lord grow things. And anyway, we're excited to help everyone in their ministries that God has called them to. And so whatever we can do for you, we want to do it. And in your walk. Within boundaries. Right. <laughs> Within kidding. certain boundaries. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Okay. But yes, we do have some. Boundaries. Well, and that's what we're called to do. We are called that's right. to help you you i mean to help you in your walk and in your ministry and to get you on the path the lord has for you so absolutely all right so if you want to continue to grow in the lord and you're interested in becoming a kingdom builder and getting on this podcast um go to kingdombuilders.thesourcewichita.com that's kingdombuilders.thesourcewichita.com. And we're excited to help you guys. We're excited about what God is doing. So everybody just have an awesome day, night, morning, week, month, year, whatever it is for you. Life. We love have you. Have a great life. Yes. <laughs> See ya. Bye.